Another week in the Foyer Reference Household and another addition to our interview series, OT. Mm-hmm. Love, splooshes, and shout outs to Scott Wilson. Thank you so much for your time. Also, shout outs to all of the fam at Indigiverse, including Katie Hollywood, Justin Randall, Wolfgang, Benny, as well as Zelda. We had a very amazing experience at Comic Con. First time as press coverage, OT. Yeah, it really was. Uh, and we've read the first chapter of this comic. We would strongly recommend it is available in Australia and everywhere on Don Cheadle's Algae Rhythm Internet. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I guess this is also time to lay respects to the Gunayindi people um, for first of all, basing the story in the comic as well as the proud ancestral history that Scott talks about and it is very clear um, throughout the book as well. But, you know, there's so much that we talk about in way of film, in way of TV, especially in regards to Indigenous storytelling and, you know, as much as our my sort of limited um, education was in schools, you know, there is a periphery of understanding the rainbow circle um, and a little bit of the law, um, but there's so much expansive detail, especially the expressive colouring um, in the comic as well. How did it feel for you, OT, potentially being new to this sort of law? No, it was really good to read something different and to experience something that I've not had about. You know, there's a lot of details in there that I wasn't privy to, and I enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to your Dark Heart-related cosplay at the next Comic-Con, OT. 100%. (laughs) Thank you so much. Play the interview. Hey, friends and lovers. We're at the Sydney Comic-Con 2022, and we have the amazing opportunity to talk to Scott Wilson about Indigiverse and Dark Heart chapter one and chapter two on its way very soon and potentially maybe another guest along the way maybe not um scott thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us and congratulations on a brilliant first chapter oh thank you so much it's been uh, such a blessing uh you know coming here to sydney this weekend first time the indigiverse is here sharing with the deadly mob from sydney and uh we've sold out you know um it's absolutely crazy and so we're feeling the love feeling the support feeling the positive vibes and we just want to say thank you to everyone that's come down and starting the indigenous journey with us well, I think it's, it's, it goes beyond a comic and it talks about, you know, traditional law that needs to be told as well. So I would love to acknowledge where you come from and as well as where the comic is based as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a Guniandi man uh, from the northwest of Western Australia. So my mob is from Mulija community um, and that's 600 kilometers outside of Broome. But my dad's mob and my mob from Kananara and Merong Gajurong people. Um, and so I'm pretty blessed to have uh, that connection in the Kimberley that has laid the foundation for who I am and to be able to share these stories. And so the stories uh, from Darkheart is inspired by uh, the Guniandi people and all of our language is in the book and shared through that. So now I look at it as a way of preserving, protecting it, but also celebrating it with everyone. And so we're on that first journey on establishing how we can do that through comic books. 
And I think what's so great about the comic is it covers stories that have been here forever, but it's now starting to be told. And I think something that would be interesting would be, where did this all come about? Was it all just a dream? Yeah, <laughs> it was all just a dream. You're going to read that. Did you used to read Word Up magazine? Yeah. So gold. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it was all in the dreaming, basically. So 65,000 years has, and plus has led us to this point. And I shared this at the panel today is that if our ancestors were living today, what mediums and what kind of, uh, you know, uh, things would they use to continue that storytelling? And so I believe that they would be using comic books and the visual representation through film, television, and all those things that we have today. And so we have those mediums now, and we're using that to empower people, not only indigenous people, others, First Nations peoples, but empower all people to get behind our beautiful, rich culture that is still existing, 65,000 year plus here in Australia. And so comic books is a perfect way of sharing that. And I know we're on so much different uh, steps of the journey across Australia. And so for me, I've always felt uh, with the connection and the foundation of who I am as a Guniandi man, and that has been a long journey for me um, due to uh, a lot of history with my family and the strong generations that, uh, you know, it is all about how can I use where I am today to start sharing, to start protecting, preserving, but also empowering our, my younger uh, siblings, cousins, families uh, to come on that journey and learn about the culture, but also be empowered by it and also to empower them, uh, you know, so, yeah. So, I, so I'm so i Tongan, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. born in Australia, but being on, watching the panel today, I got emotional yeah. hearing you guys talk about, it's about time, it's high time. Yeah, it is. It's about time this has happened, right? We need these stories out there, whether we're talking about television, whether we're talking about books, yeah. um, and also comic books as well. Like, it's so important to have to have it. And, you know, Oti and I have read the first edition of this comic, and it's so... Like, you can tell there's so much yeah. about to happen. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even on the panel you talked about, and even just now you're talking about dispossession, the stolen generation, colonization with a yeah. capital C. <laughs> um, and it's like, ooh, I'm just yeah. waiting. And, like, um, when you start to release the first chapter, how do you decide you know where you want to go, you know the richness that you want to have, but this is just the taster. This is yeah, the yeah, first absolutely. sort of course. Yeah, yeah. How do you decide what hap like what happens inside of that? Yeah, I feel like it came organically, naturally. And so with a lot of things, we don't want to share the origin story <laughs> uh, at, right at the beginning. We want to throw people right in it. And where we threw people was that uh, this understanding that our dreaming still exists right now. And so when you're going and traveling across Australia, um, whether you're camping, whether you're on country, all that, our dreaming exists. And so we wanted people to have an insight behind a veil to see what still exists here in Australia and that rich connection. And a lot of people are fighting for that connection. And so if we can convey uh, this message and get people on board in terms of the preservation, protecting and now celebrating through what we're calling informative entertainment, then we start to grow in terms of our potential to make sure that this is, this is protected forever. And so it don't just, uh, it's not something that's just for Aboriginal people to protect. 
This is something as Australia we need to protect. And so with this first issue, we wanted to give an insight into that and how it still exists, you know. And we're going to go deeper on that uh, rabbit hole of just dismantling and understanding what the dreaming is. And we're going to show that and we've got deadly artists and illustrators that are going to convey what the dreaming is in this next issue. So issue two, we're going to go deeper into that to show how it exists here uh, in the city. Uh, you know, it not only does it exist out in the bush, yeah. you know, it not just exists. Representation of Aboriginal people is everywhere, not just out in the middle of nowhere, but still here in the city, you know, and we're growing and we're expanding. And now through our comic books, we get to share that with people. And even with the artwork, I think <laughs> what was really impressive was you see the depictions of Aboriginal First Nations. They don't look like, you know like black American sort of characters and they're very specific to the culture. How did the working together of illustration and bringing it to the page look like? Yeah, absolutely. So Katie Hollywood uh, is our amazing uh, illustrator and uh, working with her was just an absolutely magical journey because uh, everything I shared with her, she just got you know, and it was just this match made in heaven <laughs> for us. And so uh, it started uh, not in terms of her just illustrating, but becoming a part of the family. And because that's what we wanted to do. And with her passion and her drive for, you know, our culture and the work that she's done uh, before in Alice Springs and in other places in regards to sharing and supporting in terms of capacity building for illustrating for our people, uh, it was just, it just worked. Uh, you know, and I think that's one of the brilliant things about it is that when you're looking at all of this, uh, it has to start with passion. And then from there, you must find other people that are passionate. And so working with her to actually get that right was felt just like we had already done it. You know, <laughs> it was like we were walking in the footsteps of our future self. Yeah. Explain, uh, like, because I obviously don't want to talk too much about yeah, it, not to right, spoil yeah. the comic, but... Can you talk me through a little bit about the colour scheme? Because it felt very deliberate in the panels and the way that the colours were chosen. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I wanted to uh, represent is this uh, differentiation between uh, what we see in the dreaming that exists now uh, and then playing with actual present time. So one thing with the dreaming is that past, present and future is coexisting. But we wanted to break it down so anyone is accessible and everyone can understand uh, that the dreaming exists right now. But to represent that, I wanted to play around with the colors. Yeah. And one of the biggest things, uh, symbols of our story is the rainbow serpent. Yeah. We call it Galaru in my language, which is a dreaming serpent. And so we wanted to make sure that it was bright, it was colorful. We had a huge strategy around sharing color through our whole comic book, and we're going to continue to do that. And, you know, when I spoke to Justin Randall, our colorist, I uh, shared with him that there was this glow that I wanted to see, where when you looked at it, you were transported. You were impacted not only by the visualization of the story through Katie, but also in the color. So everything had to uh, come together like pieces to the puzzle. And so when we did that, it was just like, oh, my Lord, this is just uh, like I saw it in my head. But then seeing it on paper in my hands, uh, the creation of, you know, Katie and Justin, it just took it to the next level. And so all those colors, uh, yeah, it made sense. So from the dreaming, we had the neons, we had the glow of those colors, pinks, purples, all those colors. It was inclusive of the rainbow. 
as well as when we had, uh, in real time, we had the earthy colors. When you go through the book, we had stuff that represented, you know, a lot of our earthiness, the color, the ground. We said Barnda. Barnda is the land, you know. So we wanted to be transported in this world where we saw color that represented everything holistically. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was mentioned in the Gestalt panel about deciding when to, because you're not going to see the full motion of a punch and deciding when. And <laughs> it was so interesting going through the panels and seeing there was like a 300-esque type quote of like, you better hold back or you're going to text my spear. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I love Yeah, that. yeah. No, absolutely. You have like, you know, uh, these moments where you can take, I guess, uh, your creativity anywhere. And I always think, because Warnu is actually my grandfather. It's my grandfather's name. So throughout the comic universe, you'll get all of my uh, elders' names, from Janangu to Warnu to Guramindi, all these names that pop up. But in those scenes, it just shares the power and the richness of our culture, but also the stance of uh, respect. And this, uh, I wanted to share, like, he was a gentleman in the sense of, like, you know, you'll taste my spear, but I'm giving you that. Uh, you know, um, um, three, two, yeah, one. three, two, one, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so it's like, you know, we're, it's not just brute force. It is calculated. It's thought through. It's just the elements of the dreaming, which can be uh, looked at, uh, like, against quantum physics. Yeah. You know, there is science. There's everything intertwined with it. And so it's not separate, you know, when you talk about the dreaming and quantum physics. And that's what we want to explore to show that, oh, there's so much value in our stories that go beyond just... You know, just uh, dream time stories, what people often just look at it as. This is stuff that's not mythology. It is calculated. It is something that needs to be shared because these are the things that's going to save our planet, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, in the foreword of the first issue, you talk about that, how the stories can sustainably live and coexist yeah. and it's more than just like all of the sustainability departments and corporate yeah. areas do not as much as the comic does like when we talk about culture when we yeah. talk about first nation sort of law yeah. it is all symbiotic yeah. it all just comes yeah. together and i really absolutely. enjoyed that you had that in the foreword as well yeah yeah no absolutely yeah i, I believe that like entering into the indigenous, it must be explored with a lot of openness you know, uh, you know, this isn't just as uh, Benny talked about on the panel in terms of mythology and what is like real, you know, what is happening now. And so uh, there's a whole evolution of, uh, you know, the dreaming of what existed, you know, 65,000 years ago yeah. and what exists now isn't separate. It is coexisting right now. And so how we speak, the language we're speaking, you know, it is a continuation of something that was here from day dot. You know, and so everything that we want to share is that interconnectedness, and that comes from when our people were 65,000 years ago thinking about the ideologies that was there that allowed us to coexist with the land, the birds, the grass, the trees, every single species on this planet. And so we bring that forth in how we tackle a lot of the storytelling now about holistic interconnectedness, you know. Yeah. <laughs> another another wisdom uh, nugget that Benny brought on the panel was talking about the villain. Yeah, absolutely. And I am ready for people to be work. I am ready for the awakening, and I'm very excited because you know there was talking about the dynamic of the villain, or are they just misunderstood? Yeah. And I'm kind of like, it's time to shake some things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited about the awakening. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, because at the end of uh, Dark Heart Issue 1, we leave you with thinking whether it's, you know, is it the awakening of something good or bad? But I always think, uh, you know, what is it? You know, um, and so I left people, you know, uh, when you read the book, I hope everyone's going to be wanting more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like with the villains that we go on that journey and sharing, it just opens up this whole world of, uh, you know, shifting the perspectives on Aboriginal people from uh, all different kind of perspectives that uh, we have not been in control of, you know. And so when we're going into villains and we're going into superheroes, there has to be a balance, an equilibrium, uh, uh, you know, with the powers of good is there so shall the powers of evil and uh so in this you know we have a story a great story about uh the fight between two perspectives within uh you know uh aboriginal communities sometimes you know there's uh groups that uh you know are still on that journey where you know uh where colonization uh is something that we need to stamp out in the sense of you guys stay over there we stay over here you know we stay segregated we'll do what we want to do you guys do what you want to do uh, whereas our superhero is about how do we come together. Uh, and so with uh, Malami, our main superhero and the leader of the Pure Blood Order, he's set out to actually bring back uh, uh, through a time being uh, us to pre-colonization, to stop colonization from even happening. But that would mean that we would lose the people today. We'd lose millions of peoples and lose their lives today. Um, and so our superhero is up against something, a uh, planet-destroying uh, villain, yeah. um, but is First Nations as well. So I wanted this thing of, like, not black versus white. I wanted it to be explored as, like, what if it's much like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know, you get perspectives of all different, of the same culture, but different perspectives within that culture. And so we wanted to explore that, like, how can we have a First Nations villain uh, you know, that people may be misunderstood, but it could be even, uh, you know, something else could be growing and something else could be building. And so uh, we see that and we go on that journey. And that's one of the biggest things is that we want our characters to not just be, a, you know, a character that you can go and lose. We want people to come on that journey and one day seeing them dressed up like those characters here. Oh, yes. I'm looking for my awakening. Sorry, yeah. OT. <laughs> I'm looking for my awakening. Yeah, that's, that's so good. It's so important to center First Nations stories. Yeah. And that's what we see here because you talk a little bit about it as well in the industry of if you're there, it's a token. If you're there, it's a cameo, yeah, yeah. that sort of yeah, thing. Absolutely. And there's also some subject matter that's a bit, well, is very sensitive. Yeah. Like I am... I, I won't talk about it too much, but there's a particular scene near the end of the first chapter yeah. that I actually felt uncomfortable looking yeah, yeah, yeah. at, but I felt I felt warm in the embrace that it was yeah. being made by the people that should be making it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, you know, we wanted uh, to uh, take people on a roller coaster, and uh, in terms of the story, it had all been thought through to share underlining themes. Uh, so one of the things, the Gungra Jiwi, which is the fire, is that I always thought, oh, uh, what would die out the fire, you know? And I thought, oh, no element could actually die out this fire, you know, of Aboriginal people, you know, this fire that we have been burning for 65,000 years. And I feel uh, how I subliminally put that in, and the blood of the Elder Protector is the only thing that can die out the fire. And so it just shifts the responsibility and obligation. So I always grew up with this obligation and responsibility to my culture, to my family, to my community. And so I took that 
as empowerment to do the things that I've done today. And so I really wanted to shape that as a narrative for people to see a scene and be taken into a place where uh, they can be empowered to say, oh, okay, I can see what that actually is saying. It's not just this visual representation uh, like in the gory or horrific scenes. It's actually underlining themes and sharing a strong message and a message targeting, you know, our mob that we have this responsibility, but then to others, you know, that the responsibility to protect, preserve, and now to celebrate our beautiful culture that is here in Australia. So, well, thank you so much for your time. We'll be wrapping up now. So the first issue is available online. Yep. People can purchase it yep. overseas as well. Yeah, so overseas, everyone on this planet, if you have an internet connection, <laughs> can purchase uh, the first issue of Dark Art, with issue two coming on pre-orders on our website, so that's indigiverse.au. We currently have stores, two stores in Perth, uh, so uh, local anesthetics, uh, a cafe there that's selling, it's a social enterprise by the Foundation for Indigenous Sustainable Health. So if you go there, they're not just selling our books, they're selling a large range of First Nations-led publications and products that you can buy uh, yeah, from their stores there and at the airport. So Virgin Terminal and Perth Airport, you can buy our books and also be immersed. That's how it should be, yeah. right? That's yeah. how it should be. Absolutely. 100% owned uh, products by Aboriginal people, all sold at our airports as well as um, our stores in uh, Perth. Um, but we also have Impact Comics. Uh, and these comics in Canberra that now stock our books. So it's it's growing. But if you want to get it now, indigiverse.au. Jump online and, uh, yeah. And where are you on socials? Can we find you yeah, on socials? Yeah, yeah, socials at the moment. Uh, it's just Scott Lewis Wilson. We're about to move into having our own Indigiverse Instagram. But until then, I'm just sharing a lot of stuff through, yeah, Scott Lewis Wilson, all one word. Uh, but, yeah, follow us there. And, uh, yeah, can't wait to come and see you guys all at the next con. Oh, great. Well, I would love to say malo ao pito on behalf of Oriti Aote Asante Sana. Thank you so much for yeah, your time. No, yeah, no, thank you so much. Uh, you know, it's so good to have, you know, this opportunity to be in, you know, a diverse representation and us, you know, leading those conversations in something we have limited representation at. And so I'm so excited and I can't wait to see what you all do as well. And uh, I just want to say stay deadly. And so thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>